Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we're talking about Hexen, which is a Swedish-Danish silent movie from 1922. It's part lecture, part sort of dramatised documentary about uh, witchcraft... Well, it's it's previously been subtitled Witchcraft Through the Ages. Yes. Um, uh, Hexen is a Swedish word meaning witches. Yes. And it's, um, it's in seven chapters... Uh, of different types. I mean, the first chapter is the first chapter is these woodcuts that, that say, you know, these are images of of what witchcraft was thought to be or what witches were thought to be. But then it moves on into enactments mm. of kind of fever dreams or, or the devil coming into someone's room. Things eventually moves into the present day right at the very end. It's it's and an extraordinary film. I think we should begin. It's pretty with amazing. That. Right, you and I. Neither of us was aware of it before we saw it last week. That's right. We uh, went we... blind to a screening at the BFI. Yeah. Uh, and it was really a question of, you know, we were, we were willing to go see anything and this happened to be on. And, you know, and it had a, a, a pianist. Uh, so we just took a chance on it. And I was gobsmacked. Yeah, I was, I was pretty uh, blown away, I must say. Certainly by the end. Um, it's, it, it was a beautifully projected thing. It, it, um, the restoration we found out through Holly, who uh, uh, knows a uh, projectionist at the BFI, um, found out for us that it comes from the, the 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 projection we saw came from a 2007 restoration by the Swedish Film Institute. Um, it was in HD, and um, I mean, it looked unbelievable, it looked amazing. It I, looked it, like it had been filmed yesterday. It looked so great that I just immediately assumed there was 4K. You yeah, know, I thought it might be 4K, but... Uh, um, and it actually. turns out not to be. It's uh, it, it was a, a 2K. Um, but the quality of the image was just so beautiful and textured. And, you know, the whole film looks gorgeous, actually. It looks like kind of Renaissance paintings filmed in black and white. Uh, you know, it was mm. just a beautiful thing to see on a big screen. Yeah, and it's obviously been retinted. Um, it's not it's not pure black and white. It's, it's tinted black and yes. white. Um uh, but I mean, there's there's so much clarity and sharpness to the image. Mm. It's kind of incredible. I, I've never seen. I've seen some pretty decent, mm. you know, restorations and and original prints of mm. uh, very old films. Mm. But I haven't seen anything that looked this good. Yes. ever. It was uh, fantastic. It was fantastic. And it's not just the the kind of quality of the image, but it's also the design of the image, the lighting, the staging. Yes. Like they th- these images are incredible. Yeah. Um, so let's just kind of. Um, well, let's say first of all, we we hadn't heard of it, and it turns out that we were uh, we were out of the loop on this one because when you said on Facebook, yes, um, amongst your friends, I've seen this thing hex, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. People sprang up, yes. saying, "Oh, I remember seeing this years ago." Oh, it's a, it's a bit of a cult film, yes, um, pit underground. I think particularly if you're interested in horror, you know, it must be an originary source of, like, several horror genres, really, mm. which I think is kind of where a lot of people were coming from. Yeah, like, a lot of these friends of mine were, like, are horror aficionados, and obviously this is, like, a, a key film if you're into films about devils and devil worship and, yeah. you know, witches and you know, things like that. Nuns. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so the film is organised in these seven chapters, and it's done as a lecture. There are English subtitles, thankfully, throughout the whole thing, because there are extensive um, Swedish intertitles explaining yes. what's going on. It's a direct address. 
mm. to the audience, and it's it's not only to, it's not it's not only direct to the audience, but it's direct from the filmmaker. Benjamin Christensen uh, is uh, the director and writer and founding sort of uh, guy behind it. It was his investigation of, kind of witchcraft that, mm. that led to this thing. Um, he's Danish. That's where the Swedish Danish connection I think comes yes. in. Um, and it's and he he addresses the audience as as me. I think this. Mm. I saw this. I worked out this. I heard this. So that's kind of interesting. Is someone really directly speaking to you? Yes. Um, which I, I I kind of wasn't expecting. Was a little bit arresting. A little bit. A little bit. Oh, didn't think that was going. to... You know. Yes. So, something different. Well, it felt like a kind of alibi initially. You know. Because I thought this lecture format is a way of making an excuse for all of these extraordinary things that you're you're going to be shown, mm. and they really are quite extraordinary. I mean, you know, they would be extraordinary now, but to think <laughs> that, like, you know, just like four years after World War One, you're showing these sexual situations, this kind of torture porn. You know, uh, the devil creeping into a girl's room, seducing her. Yes, I mean it's it's really quite amazing. Yeah, um, and and beautifully imagined. Yeah, kind of kind of not 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 exactly not not too graphic. Mm. You know, this is of the twenties we're talking about, but um, still a little bit shocking for the time. And and there's a kind of casualness to it, which is um, which I think is part of that. Like um, you have uh, in chapter two, maybe. You have a, a witch cutting off someone's finger, I think. You, I think they want the ring, and the finger kind of comes with it. Yes. And she says something like, oh, it's been left out there far too long. It stinks. Mm. And there's something very casual about that, mm. um, which is kind of interesting. Like, I also think that the that there's, um, there's a tone to it from the very beginning that basically says, we're modern people. We know that witchcraft is not real. But mm. here's what these primitive people thought. Well, actually, it be- you're, the film begins by your being shown medieval manuscripts with actually woodcuts of scenes with witches, mm-hmm. right? And the film kind of uses those as a kind of a springboard, you know, for visualizing. So it's like the medieval illuminated manuscripts are the source of the scenes to follow. So I, one of the things that the film is saying is, you know, this is the way that the Middle Ages imagined sorcery and the devil and so on, right? And it goes from 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 the prints onto the film's yeah diegetic kind yeah. of world. And actually, it works it works quite incredibly. So one of the things that the the film is so amazing at is that it's it's actually making a political statement, right? It's saying this is the way that women were oppressed, you know, throughout yeah the Middle Ages. That uh, an accusation of uh, sorcery, you know, could be a reason to kill her. If she was too pretty, you could kill her. You know, if she was too old, you know, you could kind of kill her. Uh, um, you know, you could get her to sleep with you, yeah, or, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. Um, so you can abuse women in all of these ways uh, and you can get rid of them, you know, through the accusation and the belief in the devil and sorcery. Yeah, and the anti-church uh, aspect is, is at its strongest when uh, the uh, Inquisition sort of committee mm. comes in in sort of chapter four or five, and um, they are. That's it, it, I think that's it may be the element of the film that is most notorious mm. is the kind of torture of the old woman who then uh, is uh, well she's tortured into telling them these wild stories of 
the stuff that she was seeing, which are then enacted. Yes. And there's a thing about birthing all of the demons. Yes. Um, that's probably the image that I think people... I can imagine that's the image people would think of when they think of this film. Like yeah, so that's an extraordinary, extraordinary. thing where but she's the, yeah, birthing demons. But the, um, the church members themselves are portrayed as these fat, leering gluttonous yes you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, they yeah. are very unsympathetically portrayed and it's interesting because and I guess I always kind of thought of Scandinavia as somewhere um, well it's, it's very kind of atheist there um, and they kind of seem to think quite clearly in that respect mm. um but I never but I always just thought about that in modern terms not really knowing the history of Scandinavia so I never thought of it as like this is a time in history where you would you would have thought in the twenties, I mean, not the medieval times. In the twenties, you kind of would have thought this is when uh, people were much more deferential towards the church. So I don't know whether this is asymptomatic. Well, then, or if like Scandinavia was kind of that ahead of the curve that this is kind of what they thought even well, back then. <laughs> Do you, you know, know I mean? arguably the most famous Swedish film, or certainly amongst them, is Bergman's The Seventh Seal, mm. you know, and actually a woman, you know, being burned for being a witch is, you know, one of the central kind of I don't know, thematics, a scene, certainly, uh, in, in all of the film. So, yeah. you know, this idea that somehow they're more um, logical and less, you know, religiously involved and so on is not quite well it's a, there's well that's true but there's um there's there's a difference between just using imagery derived from you know or of religious uh, sort of ritual or what have you and espousing belief in it you know i mean this film is full of imagery of the devil devil worshippers and and kind of all kind of madnesses yes. of, of religion but i don't think there's a single i don't think there's a question at all that the film doesn't believe in the reality of what it's showing you. Well, I think, uh, you know, the Bergman's The Seventh Seal is also imbricated in faith. Mm. You know, in fact, it is about that. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's about playing chess with the devil for your soul, right? <laughs> so, um, but anyway, anyway I, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, the film surprised me as well, you know, because it just has some images that you think you're going to remember as long as you live, really. You know, so there's this whole thing about, you know, how do you know that somebody's a witch, right? So it's done as a lecture. One of the bits is, how do you know somebody's a witch? And, you know, so they show you that, you know, you can tell who is a witch by these various things, mm. you know. And what do witches do? Well, they have to pay homage to the devil, and basically they have to kiss his bum, right? Yes. So you have all these women lined up to kiss, you know, the devil's ass, right? Like, you know, Literally. I mean, that's unbelievable to The see. devil also is played by the director. Yes. And, you know, so he's got his way with that one. Yes. <laughs> 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 uh, it's quite something to see, really. The, the makeup and prosthetics as well are just extraordinary. Yes. I mean, they, they would stand up today. I mean, yes. what, like when I say it looks like it was from yesterday, I'm not joking about that. Obviously, you can tell it's not, but yeah. it, it, the quality of, of everything that, that contributes to the image is unbelievable. And yes. the prosthetics and the design and the costumes, all that sort of thing are fantastic. And then and then it kind of it has this self-aware streak where it jumps sort of, it's a, they're talking about torture at one point, and the film jumps out of its out of what it's showing you and says, "Oh, and by the way, one of my actresses said, you know, I'm going to use the thumbtacks. You know, yes. we're going to do this. Like, yes. I'm, I'm not going to let it go. I'm not. I'm going to do the thumbtacks." So she's in when they do that. She's in the um, uh, she's in modern dress, and the film shows her having the thumb screws applied, and then the the the, the narration comes back up and says something like, um, 
uh, I, I'll be delicate. I won't tell you the things, the, the confessions that I got out of this yeah, woman. So it's very witty. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but but so so there is kind of like um, a voyeuristic element, though. Mm. You know, so kind of part of the part of the pleasure of watching this film is the care that it takes to show you the kinds of things that people go to museums of torture and things like that to see, mm. right? You know, so they show you all the instruments of torture, you know, and almost he shows them to you one by one. This is how confessions were wrenched out of witches, right? And, you know, he shows you the instrument and then he shows you how it operates, right? You know, and it goes from like thumb screws to the rack, right? Uh, and and he shows you kind of, you know, how it operates, right? Yeah. So So there is kind of a calling on kind of people's worst impulses like you know you really want to see yeah so under the guise of a lecture he's also kind of feeding this prurient kind feeding of your demons yes he is yeah. isn't he i agree yeah, yeah. And that's one uh, of the interesting things about it and um there's also an element the, the, the thing that reminded me of kind of uh reminded me of like fake news and, and kind of modern sort of um obsession with how people are lying to you and things like that or what people will refuse to believe because there's a thing about the the interrogating committee um are really they're just they're interested in sort of torture really mm. above all else they're actually not interested in in justice for the lord or have you and um and you get the feeling that it's not explicit at all in the film but you just you you understand implicitly that there is nothing that that old woman could say that would stop them from torturing and killing her mm. basically and that kind of that made me think of sort of um the way today like i mean i there's i can't get into an argument with my dad about brexit where i will have a chance of winning mm. you know what i mean i know and nor will he <laughs> to be fair nor will he the other way around like we just live in different worlds now yes but there's there's no possibility of communicating honestly mm. and that kind of reminded me of that like and there's also the aspect of just of not believing women um you know, like the, the the committee is there to, in theory, take a woman's testimony mm. and do something with it. But of course, what they're interested in is just their own ends. Actually, the Brexit thing is a very interesting comparison because you know, particularly with the priests, or yeah, when you have the, those scenes of the Inquisition or the, mm -hmm. you know, the traveling court of the travel, the traveling ecclesiastic court. And, you know, you really get the sense that they're so imbricated and so rigid in the parameters of their mode of understanding the world, right? And they can maneuver that so well. They're so Jesuitical about that. Mm. that basically, no matter what anybody says, they will twist it to their own ends or to their own definition or, you know, yes. kind of if they want to sleep with this woman, no matter what she says it'll be turned into a kind of a power thing that they can use against her to get what they want. And actually, in that, I think there is a lot of this divide, this Brexit divide, really. Like, you know, it's almost a question of faith. Yeah? yeah. That kind of, you know, if you believe this, this is what you believe and nothing else will shock, you know, will shock you out of it or convince you out of it. And logic and reason have no place in this. And moreover, I have the power to turn whatever you say into whatever suits my needs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when you imagine like what that old woman would have been saying to them to try and get out of it. Like basically if she if if she were to say anything along the lines of I'm not a witch, then well that's the devil talking. Yes. And then if if she were to try and be clever <laughs> or yes. take a risk and say okay, it's true, then they go, "Ah, you see, I believe you." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah a, they it's can just a, believe what they want to believe. It's a no-win situation. Um and 
continue on the themes of of kind of uh, sympathy for women. The, this is where the film for me became. It was kind of an interesting curiosity for a long time, and then the final chapter is where I went, "Oh, this is special." Yes. Um, the final chapter brings you into the modern day, um, brings you into nineteen twenty one, and um, and says, "Okay, so let's you know we've established over the course of the last six chapters that uh, this is what people thought witches were, and this is how they operate, and this is all the stuff that went around it." But let's see what actually was going on, you know, because mm. it, it basically it has this interesting thing where it says they weren't just mad people, all these people from the past. They were responding to something real, and they were just they just thought it was the devil. They thought it was mm. uh, hexes and what have you. But if it wasn't that, what was it? Yes, which is a great thing to do. And it says it, it, it does have a very early 1900s perspective where it says there is something real called hysteria. Yes, uh-huh. which is you know so we have still moved on. Freud. Had already written. Yeah, so we have moved on a little <laughs> bit since since uh, Hexen was made, but it says you know real things that real problems that women actually have could maybe convince you that there was something paranormal going on, or could yes. have when you didn't really know anything about the world. Um, and there is also a suggestion because then it, it it goes on to say you know we've we've switched the uh, burning at the stake for a mild shower. You know, yes. which is which is progress, but there is still room for more progress. Actually, it actually says. my understanding of that was slightly different. Okay. It was so you know we've 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 switched now to asylums, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of them are, which are very fancy and have nice showers. Yeah, yeah. But actually, so you know well, um, that final shot is of a burning at the stake. Yes. Remember? Yes. So it's a. It, I think that's kind of the. It's. I, I think what the film is sort of saying at that point is. We've made progress. We're no longer murdering women. We're sort of trying to treat them, but yeah. there's still a long way to go. But we're locking them up in asylums. Yeah, exactly. Right? And they might have a nice shower, but actually you're still locking them up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the other part of it is, it, it recalls one specific shot, one that I remember, one that struck me, which was um, early on in the film, it shows, it, it's talking about what the devil does to people. And one of the things it shows is the devil seducing a woman. Mm. Um Actually, in a couple of ways. One of them is the devil seducing you, and the other is the devil sleeping with you. And the seduction one is this woman lying in bed gets up, and she naked walks out. She's away from the camera. You see the back of her, and she walks out um, to where the devil is kind of luring her. And actually, she 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 walks into the half light, mm. and the light is beautiful and a kind of just uh, illuminating her by the side. It's incredible to look at. And the other one is the devil climbing into a girl's room and mm. having his way with her. Um, and that's recalled right at the end, where um, a girl who is a pissed, she's in hospital, she's in a hospital bed, in a ward with other beds around, other people, um, is abused by a doctor. The doctor um, is, cle- is, I can't remember exactly what he's up to, but it's basically sexual abuse is what's being depicted. Mm. Um, and she's screaming. And then the doctor literally disappears. It's not like he runs away. He is disapparated yes. uh, on film, and so when people rush in to find what's going on, what's going on, he's no longer there, mm. and it looks like she's mad about happening. Yeah, that's wonderful. And then the next shot, I cut to the doctor, same doctor, sitting at a desk, saying, "I'm afraid your daughter has hysteria. We're going to have to admit her." Mm. It's an incredible kind of depiction of institutional sexual abuse. Yes, 
which I uh, I thought that was remarkable. And the, and the text goes along with it. The text says something like, maybe it wasn't the devil doing this. Maybe it was the doctor or the local mayor or the police chief or whatever. people in positions of authority it talks about. Yes. yes. I thought it was incredible. I think it ridiculously is, relevant. I think it is incredible. And one of the things that is so extraordinary about watching this film is actually to um, be gobsmacked by the cinematic um, skill behind it. I mean, this guy is someone who knows how to tell stories visually and actually just even how to dramatize images. So, you know, kind of each shot seems, you know, extraordinarily rich in terms of like framing, in terms of composition, in terms of angle, right? And there's enormous variety within that, you know, Mm. across the whole of the film. So, you know, it's a real pleasure to watch. Some of the things seem to me to be like Renaissance paintings, but then the use of woodcuts and then some of the lighting was just out of this world. It was kind of luminous and it lent a three-dimensionality kind Mm. of to the image, right? So... You know, and that then goes along with the storytelling thing, which, you know, is what you've just described. So the combination of being able to create these images, right, and to create the variation amongst them, and then to have the storytelling uh, storytelling skills, you know, to kind of be able to convey kind of, you know, quite complex things very elegantly and really with what seems almost like a minimum of means is really quite something. I was really... Gobsmacked. I was blown away. I, un- I understand, although this is the first that I've heard of uh, Benjamin Christensen, that he's been compared sort of favourably to the likes of D.W. Griffith and George Melier and yes. the other kind of kind of real innovators and geniuses of the time in silent film. You can totally see why. Well, I tell you, you know, if, um, you know, one of my areas of interest were horror films, which they're not. I mean, you know, I'm forcing myself to see them now because I think they are the most relevant, critical, exciting genre of the moment. But the fact is that myself, in terms of my personality and as a viewer, I don't like being scared and I don't (laughs) like seeing gory stuff. Mm. You know, uh, it surprises people sometimes because obviously, like, I love action films and so on. But, you know, it's that's to me is different than horror. So... I've generally, I'm not uh, somebody who's very knowledgeable of, on, on horror, even though, you know, I do try to see what's on at the moment. Um, but were I to be that person, this to me would rank essentially as, you know, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari or, you know, or definitely Griffith or just like a foundational film, mm. you know, in a whole kind of um, strand of cinema. Yeah. One other thing that occurred to me... Uh, uh, was when I was reading around the film a little bit, trying to get some more information on it. One of one of the words or phrases that came up um, regarding the restoration is speed corrected, uh-huh. uh, which just made me it reminded me of um, They Shall Not Grow Old, uh-huh. where like the part of the project of that film seems to be to show the original black and white footage to its least advantage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, and this and you know just the idea that you can just change the speed. To make it look like it should have looked. <laughs> no, but there is something... So, by speed correction, I also think, you know, because silent films were cranked, yeah. right? And the idea was then that when you projected it, you kind of projected it at the same speed as it was filmed if you wanted things to look like they were moving normally. Mm. And certainly for my generation of, of uh, people interested in cinema, one of the barriers to being interested in silent cinema 
was that the speed was not correct. So actually, you were showing films that had been filmed at eight um, images per second, and you were showing them at 24. So everybody looked, everybody moved like it was too quick. Mm. And actually, you thought that that's what silent films were, that people watching these, the original audience watching these films were also watching these jerky movements and so on, which is obviously not the case. So I always assume, you know, speed corrected to mean that, that actually... You know, uh, it's it's transferred uh, uh, to contemporary film stock, yeah, but kind of at the correct speeds, yeah, to show movement the way it was intended Naturally. to be shown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the point. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to mention again that um, <laughs> that I, yeah, I didn't like that about they shall not grow. Yes, I, mean, <laughs> I, know, I get, I get your drift. Um, but anyway, I think what we should mention for anyone who's interested. Uh, in who hasn't seen Hexen and who really would like to, that um, Criterion has a fantastic version of this, uh, which is... Uh, so th- I think they've done two uh, releases. One was a restoration that they themselves undertook in, I think, 2001 and 2002. Mm. And this is now... The new version is the um, uh, restoration by the Swedish Film Institute in 2007 which is what we saw yeah so if you if you would like um to 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 watch this film and i really highly 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 recommend it it's it's to me it is one of the core classics now of you know in the history of cinema uh then criterion would be a place to go to for it i was really glad i I did i did think that the um i thought that the live accompaniment was not up to much (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, okay. well, you're not gonna remember it, are you? But I just I thought, man, I really good. appreciated it. I mean, I kind of, you know, I think there's something about hearing live music in a cinema that just enlivens my senses. Yeah, no, the fact that there was a live accompaniment was great. I just wish it had been good. I found it dull. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it seemed to be clearly improvised, but I really appreciate it. I didn't think it was improvised. You know, they said it was improvised, but there are points where... It looked improvised to me. Well, I mean, that would explain it not being very good, I suppose. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there, there were points where, you know, um, he, the, the pianist was definitely prepared for things that were happening on screen because he synchronised certain certain things with, you know, kind of knocks on doors or whatever. Mm. That, that, there definitely seemed to be a certain degree of preparation that he'd been able to... You know, I, 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 I would imagine that he had watched the film already mm. before... Have, anyway, neither here nor there. I just didn't wasn't impressed by it. But it didn't um, didn't ruin the film. You know, the film was fantastic. Mm. Um, there you go. All right. Um, well, uh, thank you very much for listening. We highly, highly recommend this film. Uh, in fact, I would almost like plead, you know, do go see it if you get a chance or do get the DVD if you get a chance. There's a very, very poor uh, version of it on YouTube. Avoid it. Uh, you know, I think it'll ruin the experience if you see that before you see a proper copy. Yeah. It's a wonderful, uh, interesting, intelligent, feminist, brilliant piece of work. Yes. Um, so, um, so do, you know, highly, highly recommend it. Do see it if you get a chance. Uh, and thank you very much for listening. Hmm. We're we eavesdropping are... at the movies. Oh, go on, you want to do it? Well, we are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are... <laughs> <laughs> on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook, and eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>